You're listening to Pirate Basketball Overtime on the Sports Objective Podcast. Join us as we recap recent games while also taking a look at what is ahead. Now let's talk Pirate Basketball. Welcome into the Sports Objective Podcast, our overtime. Pirates lose last night and uh, disappointed, but uh, we'll bring in, it is what it is. Let's bring in Bubba Rosenbaum. How are you, Bubba? Doing great, Dave. Uh, that was certainly a, a heartbreaker last night. I'll say a heartbreaker. It obviously didn't come down to the wire, but I mean, just heartbreaking in the sense that we had an awesome crowd. Just kudos to Pirate Nation. Uh, more than 5,300 uh, yeah. far and away, our biggest home crowd of the year, and uh, just to not play better. And really, it wasn't even so much how we played uh, other than just not shooting the ball well. Well, that's what I was going to say is, you know, the uh, we can, we'll talk about the stats in just a minute. But, uh, you know, the you know, Pirates lose, by the way, I feel to mention that, 65-49. to 49. Pirates drop now to uh, my son Alexander was upset this morning when he asked our record 8-9. and nine. He knew we had eight wins. He said, are we still eight and eight? I said, no, I'm sorry. And he was upset we're under 500 now. But anyway, we're eight and nine on the season, two and two in the American. And, Bubba, I'll tell you what, the first half, uh, we can break it down. The first half, uh, tight game, uh, tied. Uh, it was tied up at over uh, overtime, over at uh, halftime. And uh, the second half, there was a stretch. I think we, you and I were texting. And um, I'll, I'll talk about another thing. It was just not meant to be for Pirate Nation, for even me. We'll talk about that. But, the, the fact of the matter is, it was what a four-minute span. We went from a competitive game to it was out of reach. Yeah, in the first half, and like you said, and obviously things finished thirty to thirty at halftime. But um, Tulsa started off um, not extremely hot, but they they had an eleven to four lead a few minutes into the ball game. Um, Pirates were um, pretty cold, as as was the theme for the entire night. Um, it started bad and then got worse, unfortunately. Uh, but after being a, being behind 11 to four, um, we we um, bounced back and really just neither team could shoot the ball that well. And throughout the first half, I think Tulsa finished up something like uh, 37 to 38 percent at halftime, and then the Pirates were 36 percent, nine out of 25. And then you thought, well, hey, with the way we've played, we're still 30 to 30, and yeah. we're, we're going to be all right. Um, but unfortunately, in the second half which we'll get to more in a minute. Um, we only had five field goals, and then um, fortu- fortunately we did get the free throw line a decent amount, knocked down nine free throws, or it would really been bad, but um, only 19 points after halftime, and we finished, right. up, finished up the game shooting 29% from the floor, uh, 14 out of 48, and then also just two out of 26 from three and 0 for 15 after the break. Yeah, in fact uh... – I mean, you know, that's one of the things we've been talking about is um, the field goal percentage has not been as bad. It was bad last night. We'll talk about the overall stats in a second. But three-point shooting has been a constant theme. Um, and um, and also, uh, we have to say, free-throw shooting was actually good last night. We'll talk about that in a minute. So I'm, I was happy about that. Um, but only 19 points, Bubba. I mean, you look at a one point, if you think about a 20-minute half, we we got less than one point, right at one point a minute. Uh, that's not going to win you a lot of ball games, and that's the difference in the game, folks. Sixty-five to forty-nine again. Um, just disappointed. I was disappointed because of the fact that I, I know that they, uh, I mean, they had a defense, but we just were not making shots. We go back to that last year, we're not making shots, and 
I, I think that Tulsa is a decent team, and I, this was like one of those games uh, you need to win in the conference. I felt like as far as talent-wise on paper, we were more even with them than, than some of the upper echelon teams. But uh, um, it is what it is. Uh, we'll talk more about the game, but I will also – I want to mention, fans, uh, what is it, episode 266? We were just talking right before we record. We've got a big preview coming up with Cincinnati uh, for the weekend, a big game on Sunday afternoon in Cincinnati. That's a tough one. We're 0-4 on the road, Bubba. Uh, we're still looking for our first road win period, whether it be non-conference or conference, and we'll see how that plays out on Sunday. Yeah, the Pirates have that tall task, like you're saying, of going up to Cincinnati on Sunday, 6 o'clock, tip-off, if I'm not mistaken, on ESPNU against the Bearcats, and Bearcats are 10-6 and six right now, I think 3-1 and one in the league, um, either 2-3-1 either or three and one in the league, and then uh, they will be taking on Memphis on Thursday night as we record this on Thursday afternoon, uh, so, so yeah, uh, so we're going to have to really, uh, really play well and have a game like we did against SMU in order to be competitive on Sunday, probably. No doubt, and I'll tell you what, we'll have Chad Rendell from the uh, 24-7 site. Uh, he'll be on with us, and also, let's see, we have Morris Grooms. Um, yeah, and- yeah Morris, Morris Grooms, Chad Brendel from the Bearcat Journal, and then also, um, of course, a longtime color analyst on the Pirates, Learfield IMG College Network, uh, been on there for 20-plus years now, Cy Seymour. Uh, so big uh, episode coming up for our preview. And uh, Bubba, do you want to go ahead and talk about one of the programming that we've got coming up? Do you want to announce it now, or you want to wait for the uh, the actual podcast? I guess we could do this. Is like a little bonus podcast we do to help out the basketball program, as we love men's basketball and uh, our overtime. It's like a, I guess, a basketball podcast, if you will. Do you want to mention that coming up? Uh, what we have coming up for right before the baseball season. Yeah, and that's what on on Sunday, uh, Sunday evening, sometime um, following that Cincinnati game, or the very latest Monday morning when we'll have our overtime. But on that overtime, we'll have uh, Aliko Dunk. Uh, Aliko played for the Pirates um, back in the mid '90s for Coach Dooley, uh, mid mid to late '90s for Aliko after transferring in from the University of Tennessee. He was an Eastern North Carolina product. Um, played at nearby Aiden Grifton High School for the Chargers. Yep. So uh, it'll be it'll be great to uh, have Aliko on the program. He's someone he'd been both the um, women's and men's head coach at Division Two Elizabeth City State University, and then also uh, he is currently the uh, head women's basketball coach at Stillman College down in Tuscaloosa, which is an NAIA school. I'm very proud of him, and uh, certainly it's great to. I say it a lot, but I'm really happy to have the podcast to show our platform because it gives the opportunity for us to. Not only meet the players, uh, but obviously put a shine on uh, their. Even though the Pirates collectively have not been successful, we have had a lot of talent. Um, that's what the frustration comes, I think, for the men's basketball program. And uh, we'll talk to uh, to Linko. I can't wait to him and Morris Grooms. And obviously, I tell you what, man, we're we're just uh, tickled to, to have Cy Seymour back on. Everybody loves him. The number of people listening to that podcast each time he comes on. I'll tell you what, I need to, maybe you and I, uh, Bubba, can start a Cy Seymour fan club and make some money. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, Cy does an <laughs> excellent, excellent job. Um, that's obviously uh, the reason he's been on the network for 20-plus years now, going back to the days of, uh, I guess maybe, I think his first year may have been Joe Dooley's final year of his first stint at ECU. Yeah. So, uh, that sounds right. Yeah, so, he's uh, been a long time. 
but Cy does an excellent job alongside the voice, Jeff Charles, and um, kind of some other things I wanted to point out about last night's game on that 65-49 loss to Tulsa. Um, like we mentioned, um, obviously we were knotted at 30 at the break, and then it was, it was a game in which Tulsa led for more than 32 minutes, and we only led for a minute or two the, the entire night. Um, but there in the second half, we were still within striking distance for the most part. Um, there, I guess it was about the seven, seven-and-a-half-minute mark, something like that. Jaden Gardner was at the line, and Jaden, he was 13 out of 14 from the free throw line, and um, that's where he got, like I yeah. said, thir- thir- 13 of his 19 points because he, he only had those three field goals. And Tulsa did a t- tremendous job on him, um, pretty much as good as anybody has. You know, an excellent job of double teaming, double teaming him, and so forth. But uh, Jaden finished with 19 and seven, and um, like I said, thir- 13 of 14 from the line. But that one miss was very crucial because it was yeah, right, was there, right there, right yeah. there, with like seven and a half minutes left. We had a chance right. to cut it to four if he would have knocked both of those down, but instead he missed the front end of the one and one. And then all of a sudden, instead of potentially a, a four point deficit, we um, we were looking at a 17-point deficit like three, yeah. three and a half minutes later. It's crazy how things got out of hand so quickly. And that's exactly why we need the guys. Many of the, the first half, it seemed like the guys were stepping up, even J.J. Miles hitting that big three towards the end there. Uh, and, you know, that's the thing is if, if those guys are hitting, then all you have to do is just collapse on Gardner. Um, we can't have that, and uh, we if, if we don't, um, it's going to be a dismal, it's going to be a really long-suffering uh, conference schedule if we can't do that. I was happy to see, I think, the Pirates overall shot 79.2% from free-throw land. Um, that that was uh, really good, really happy about that. But, Bubba, my gosh, yeah, I'm trying to be, you and I both are uh, uh, the positive ones on the podcast, and I know Kyle does too, but uh, what was the uh, three-point shooting was like, what, 0.77? I mean, it was really, really drastic. Yeah, we were seven point seven percent from three last night. Seven point seven percent, yeah. Yeah, and like I mentioned earlier, two out of twenty six and zero for fifteen in the second half. And when that was happening in the second half, when we were really um, throughout the ball game, but especially that zero for fifteen in the second half, I was thinking about the conversation we had with Ryan Token of the Golden Hurricast and what happened to them at Cincinnati um, yeah. when when they lost by thirty one. Um, they had a very the game was not tied at halftime, but Cincinnati had a small lead. And then uh, for that ball game, they finished up 0 for 17 from three and uh, lost by 30 plus. So um, that, and that was unfortunately um, our fate last night. But um, Jane Gardner was the only pirate in double figures. Like I said, 19.7 rebounds. It was the first time in nine games that he had not reached the 20 point plateau. Uh, so it's still a heck of a night for him and. Uh, He's scored in double figures in every single game this year. Um, the the next um, highest scorer for the Pirates was Tristan Newton. Tristan Newton, in 30 minutes, had six points and five rebounds. And Charles Coleman, Charles, I wanted to point out, he only played 17 minutes because in the first half he got a couple of fouls and had to fouls, sit yep. because of that foul trouble. But in the second half, in the minutes he played, he um, – was able to pull down some rebounds, finished the game with six boards and a couple of block shots in those 17 minutes. Yeah, he, he's got potential, and um, we were talking about that. He, the thing is, people got to understand that um, guys have to take uh, – that's why having the staff that we have, not only great recruiters, 
But if you're coaching any kind of sports at a college level, high school, whatever, even pro, but especially um, before pro, if you will, um, the levels um, that are lower than that, then you have to spend a lot of time on being a great teacher. And uh, I think you're more of a teacher than you are a coach. Um, but anyway, that's a whole other podcast, as they say. And I think Coleman's going to be excellent. I think you'll see him as long as uh, they keep getting the experience, the menace. And we talked about before, the uh, I think the, their skills, their raw talent, and just keep working on that and the uh, getting the weight room, uh, no doubt for sure. And you know, Bubba, yeah. Uh, with the game itself, I just uh, it was uh, very frustrating. I'll tell you how my night went. Uh, I, like I was telling you, we listened to uh, the broadcast of radio. Um, and forgive me if I'm sacrilegious or a heathen, but um, we were done with church and and where I'm at and uh, play, letting my children play on the playground. And people were like, what's the score? What's the score? And I was so excited to tell them that it's a tie game at halftime. And uh, lo and behold, I come home and I'm trying to watch the television and have the radio on at the same time i had I, what i had to do was i had the radio on but the uh i couldn't get the big screen the i got a brand new remote for my amazon fire tv and i couldn't get the thing to pair up and it finally paired up with the unit two minutes after the game was over and i was like that's uh that's the kind of night <laughs> that's the kind of night it was for the pirates is yeah uh, it was a tough night at the office yeah, no doubt. I hate that happened to you, but like I like I said <laughs> to you in a text message, unfortunately you didn't miss much. But um, on on the defensive side of things last night, we actually, like I said, I thought particularly probably the first thirty minutes or so, we we played fairly well defensively. Um, not that Tulsa is a a great offensive club, but um, Brandon right. Rochelle, Brandon Rochelle and Jariah Horn, they're a couple of very versatile guys that can really they can shoot it a little bit, but then also they can take it to the basket and score in a variety of ways. And um, that duo combined to go 12 out of 19 from the floor and score 35 points, and that's something we had talked about with Ryan Token on our preview of last night's game, just how the offense for the Golden Hurricane went through those two guys, and it it surely did. And they had, in addition to those 35 points, they pulled down a combined 13 rebounds. So... um, so that was something that you, you saw as the droughts. We had at least two, maybe three droughts of four or five minutes. And as the frustration grew on the offensive end, there were some times that we um, made some ill-advised passes um, on the offensive end that led to some transition buckets because they outscored us 12-4 to four in fast break points. And then uh, they outscored us also 36-20 to 20 in the paint uh, where uh, some of it was, Rochelle and Horn just um, very, very talented and um, hit some tough shots. And then other times, um, maybe, maybe some help defense didn't get to where it should have been. Um, guys maybe weren't locked in as they would have been if we, if we had had better success on the offensive end. But that's no excuse. We can't allow that to happen. I, I know Coach Dooley was very, very frustrated a couple of times just. Um, watching the the looks on both he and Frank Hayes' faces, sometimes if looks could kill, boy and boy would they. Have, uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I was like, holy cow! Look, and I know one time uh, there, there was a call. I'm trying to remember. I think it was a it was a pretty bogus call on Tristan Newton on a on a on a charge in the first yeah, half. And I was Coach, upset about Coach that. Dewey's face. Um, let's just say that that he did not like the call, and uh, and he said. Nor he said, 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 said a few choice words, and I didn't blame him. 
Yeah, and uh, one of uh, one of the things I love about Cy Seymour is he's a very polished individual, very smart. But one thing I love about him is his emotion. He's like he was talking about how there's no way that that was a charge and something. I'm paraphrasing. And he said, "I'm telling you, I'm telling you." Yeah, yeah. I love I love Cy because he he doesn't pull any punches, nor does Jeff Charles. Um, and uh, even though both of them are professionals, it just um, that's the reason why I listen to the broadcast. And people may think I'm a nerd to have the, but I love having the pirate perspective. And yeah, you like to see the game to kind of know it. Did Did you feel like during that stretch we were talking about that few minutes? Um, it just felt like I don't know. I felt like I know that I'm not. Are you to referring to the stretch down the? Down the the end of the game where where yeah. the, where the lead went from six to seventeen in like three and a half minutes. Like yeah, it just felt like I don't know if it's not I don't know if a panic is a strong word. It just felt like they were trying to um, instead of letting the game come to them. It sounds corny. Uh, you let the game come to you. You don't let the and, and I think that they were trying to. It felt like there was some time, like you said, some ill-advised passes. It felt like. Sometimes, and I understand they want to win. We all want to win, but it just felt like they were trying to force things. Sometimes, especially, you made that good point about yeah. the passes. What do you think? Yeah, I thought so. I, I know there was at least a time or two where, the, whether it was Tremont Robinson White or um, maybe Pig Jackson, uh, passes are on passes on the perimeter where they were. Um, Tulsa did an excellent job of anticipating the right because there was one time. Um, had it not been a, kind of an inaccurate pass, um, it would have been um, an easy layup because the Tulsa guy had anticipated so much. He knew that mm, Tremont was just going to pivot and pass it that way to the left right. wing, and he he almost overran it. So it was he was anticipating it so much. So um, so yeah, because I, I, it was immediately before timeout because I saw Coach Rafael Chilius uh, grab a hold of him and ju- and just. And say, hey, you gotta you gotta fake and fake one way and then pass the opposite. Yeah, and again, uh, I don't want to sound. Um, this is uh, we know this program is a work in progress, and I don't want to sound. We're not. I want to make it very clear that you and I are not um, beating up on the players or being negative. It's just uh, like it is what it is, and I think that they're. That's kind of the theme of the last night. I just kind of there was a. <laughs> I was going to tell you, I was so frustrated with my remote. And the game, I about threw my, there was the least, and I'm not one to be that way during a game normally when it comes to my cell phone, but there was a couple of times I almost threw the cell phone across the, <laughs> the room. And yeah. I feel bad for admitting that, but I just, I was like, well, and then I was thinking, you dummy, that's the only way you can watch the game right now is your cell phone for ESPN3. <laughs> and so if I break the cell phone, um, yeah, we'd, I would have Jeff Charles, but also would have to replace the phone today. So I'm glad that I, I chose not to throw the cell phone. It was two different occasions. I got. I think the first one was a note not picking on him, Jaden Gardner, when he missed that free throw. I really thought that that was uh, not to blame him because it was more than he. There's more than one guy, and he does so much for the program. But when he missed that front of the one and one, I was like, all right, we're gonna. And maybe that was some cocky on my part. I was just like, all right, we've got these two right here because of Jaden, um, because I have so much confidence. And when he missed that, oh my God, that was the first time I was getting ready to throw my iPhone six across the room. I really was. I hate that yeah. minute, but I'm being honest. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, Tyree Jackson. I mean, he he he'd be the first to tell you that, that it was just probably probably one of if if not the worst night of his basketball career, um, regardless of where he's been playing. I mean, it's just one of those things. Um, and because you look at it over the last six ball games going into last night, 
Tyree was 13 out of 27 from three, so nearly yeah. nearly 50 percent from three um, going into last night over those last six ball games. So he just had one of those nights that he would like to forget, and um, I would not be, it, right? I would not be surprised to see him see him come out and uh, continue where he had been uh, going into last night. Yeah, and and the thing is, like I said, is that um, is, and uh, and again, let's not pick on Jaden. I think that the fact of the matter it is a team sport, not tennis or golf. So, um, or track like our buddy uh, Terry Gallagher and I were talking off the air uh, last week. But it just comes down to it was a tough night. Let's move on. Um, next game and our next game, we being with um, Cincinnati, we're going to have to find a way. That's the next hurdle for this team. Is I felt like um, if we didn't have that three-and-a-half-minute stretch it was so bad where they put the game away, then we would probably be talking about a close loss or a win. Um, But anyway, that's nor here nor there. But the the next hurdle, I think, for the Pirates is going to be finding ways to win on the road bubble. That's going to be – that's something that is not something we can solve overnight. Um, But I'm really hoping that we play well against Cincinnati and giving us a chance on Sunday night pull off the victory um, definitely would be an upset and um, certainly with this this team it's going to be to me if we have any hope of being not near the bottom and a cellar dweller then we're going to have to this is a stretch coming up we have um, Cincinnati then we're going to go on the road so you got two road games back to back you're you got a, a oh by the way that team you just beat SMU well now you're on the road in Dallas next Wednesday night and then to come back home, and I want to mention this to fans. Thank you so much, um, Pirate Nation. You showed up last night. You were awesome. Like Bubba said, was it 5,300 or over 5,300? So I'm very excited about that. I'm disappointed. I know that Coach Julie probably said the same thing, uh, that uh, disappointed we couldn't put a better product on the field, on the court, rather, last night. Um, but, hey, 5,300, if we can get 5,300 for – from now on out, I'll take it compared to where it was at the end of the Lebo career. It was so sad that first game uh, of the 2017 season, uh, 2017-2018, when Lebo resigned a few games later. Um, but anyway, it's come a long way there. And, uh, you know, when uh, we have the game with Tulane, uh, next home game will be um, a week from Saturday, uh, 6 o'clock, I believe it is, Bubba. So we've got to get people, I want to remind fans that, I don't care if they're giving away uh, T-shirts or they've had really nice promotions. Don't go because it's a promotion or not having a promotion. Go for the fact that we need – I'm going to take my kids and uh, maybe one of my friends or something, but we're going to have a lot of people at that Tulane game, I have a feeling, and uh, that would be a great win if we could – that's another team that's uh, playing better, and I don't think they're going to be the seller dweller this year, And but that's a team that, generally speaking, we're pretty even with, don't you think? Yeah, and that's one of those um, very much like USF and also uh, right. Tulsa, where at home, and that's one that you really need to win for sure. Um, but Ron Hunter's done a heck of a job with that oh, club. Yeah. Um, and they've uh, picked up wins over Cincinnati down in New Orleans, and then they also uh, won by 14, I think it was, up in Philly over Temple. Yeah. Uh, a Temple team that, by the way, last night uh, handed Wichita State their Can first loss. So, uh so yeah, Ron Hunter's doing a heck of a job, and and you and just to show you, I mean Temple, who was I think one and two or one and three prior to last night, they knocked off previously unbeaten Wichita State, who was fifteen and one overall, and then yeah. you had UCF that was zero and four, 
go down to the lane team that was, I think, two and two in the league at that time, or maybe even two and one, and beat them by beat them by like twenty five or thirty points or something. At least, at least they were up by that much at one time. Yeah. I, I didn't see that final, but uh, it was that was that was really shocking because uh, yeah. I didn't. But that's what that's what the conference play is all about, and. With our conference, uh, with the American, uh, we talk about this all the time. There's a lot of good teams in the league, and you know, uh, let me do my side see more. I'm telling you, you can't sleep. There's not a game you can sleep. If you sleep in this league on any given night, you hear that about any sport, but it's true. Any given night, anybody can win. And when you're looking at um, with the Pirates, we really need to uh, finish as high as we can. Um, we have, and, and you look at another thing I was thinking about right before we started the broadcast, but before we talk, is uh, we're at eight wins right now and nine losses. Okay, so we played 17 games. We the last two seasons. This this is something a benchmark for me, and maybe people don't. It's a pride thing for me, but the last two seasons we've only won 10 games. We're we're close to that 10 win mark, but I'm praying that we won't get to. Too com- not too comfortable, um, but I'm hoping that we can get over that 10-win mark, and that's like everybody's going, oh, my God. It's not that that's my expectations of I only want to win 10 games, but I'm just saying I'm praying that we can get more like 14 or 15 or something like normal, a normal, whatever a normal pirate year is. I'm hoping we can add more to the win column this year and have a stronger showing in the conference and then maybe pick up a game or two um, in the conference tournament, but uh, we'll have to wait and see on that. But that's what I'm, I'm hoping for. How about you? Yeah, um, I would not be surprised at all to to see us um, be right there. And like I said, the best we've ever been in the American. This is now our sixth year in the conference, um, six and twelve. So um, I fully expect to be right there, at least about six wins, and hopefully more, um, pu- pushing uh, for the 500 mark. Um, well, if we get that, if that's the case, if we get the six wins, we would have 12 wins, so that would be better. 12 is better than, than 10. I, I know I'm, I know I'm splitting hairs there, but it really, <laughs> um, Joe Dooley deserves, uh, you know, to win 23 or 24 games, and that'll probably come at some point. But, uh, realistic, realistically speaking, I mean, we're looking at right now, what is there about, Altogether, about uh, let's see, ten more games, or uh, there will be thirty. Is it thirty regular season games, or something around there? Oh. Um, so I, I haven't counted up, but it's somewhere in that neighborhood. So well, we played seven. Right now, right now, we're two and two in the league. So I mean, that, mean, that means yeah. we have four, fourteen league games remaining. Okay. Yeah. So um, we got thirty-one regular season games, and then obviously at least, okay. at least one in the conference tournament down, down in uh, down in Fort Worth. Yeah, and it's going to be this year down that area. So. Um, who knows? We might see SMU for three, you know, a few different times. But I, I, I really, uh, I really feel like with the Pirates, we've got a few minutes left of the broadcast. We try to keep our overtimes to thirty minutes. You know, uh, normally our normal show, folks, is around an hour. We try to get there for you. So with overtime, there's a reduced amount of time in overtime, and so we try to do that for these podcasts as we're giving love to Joe Dooley and Achilles. Uh, and Steve Rockerford, we're going to have him back on the show. We'll have him on the show, rather, I should say, uh, here pretty soon. Uh, George Wright Easy, all those guys, Potasnik. I tell you what, they're just, uh, we brag about them all the time. But I tell you, Bubba, they, uh, the good news is the program is heading, I was going to say this earlier, I'll wrap things up for me. I was just going to simply say the good news is we're going to 
Um, the program is heading in the right direction. When you see the players have bought in now, and they just didn't execute last night, I'm not happy that we lost, but I was happy for the fact that, uh, for the most part, the defense is better. Um, they just didn't have a good shooting night. And, you know, I always tell you, I, I struggle when we lose by one point because I can say we should have done this and we could have done this if they didn't. You make one more basket and you, you know, do a free throw or you do a block shot or this. But when you, um, we, we lost it just like you said in that three and a half minute mark where we, what was it, four points to 16 or 17? I mean, it just, it fell yeah, apart in yeah. that three and a half minutes. Yeah, we're we're down six. Had the opportunity to cut it to four. Had Jaden right. knock both of those down. Instead, we missed the front end of the one and one. And all of a sudden, when we we're looking at a seventeen point deficit. But uh, as far as um, winning on the road, like like you say, I mean that's that's something. I mean when you're playing in a quality league like this, and I guess really pretty much in any league because you're everything's relative. <laughs> right. So, um, but we're certainly going to have to have our A game to have a shot um, or or um, be right there like we did at Wichita. Um, we didn't we didn't we didn't shoot the lights out or anything that day against the Shockers, but um, they didn't nor play did their they, best. Did either, nor, nor did they. And so yeah. so um, if we if we can play uh, pretty good basketball, then uh, we can give ourselves a chance to win. And um, that's all you can ask it, for, right? It, Right, and as you look at this game at Cincinnati, I mean, really, when you look at, look at the American, Wichita State and Cincinnati are the two um, toughest and top road environments um, for opposing teams right. to have to deal with them, because um, Wichita State's always packing in ten and a half thousand, and then Cincinnati, it's anywhere anywhere from ten to twelve thousand plus um, at Fifth yeah. Third Arena. So, um, game in, game out, those are the top two um, environments in the league. Hopefully, um, we can say that Minji's Coliseum is steadily improving. So, uh, hopefully, here in the next couple of years, um, Minji's will be right there near the top of the league, and um, and there's no doubt it can be. Um, we're we're seeing uh, we're seeing that now. We we just need to see it consistently. And as and this is an excellent point that Kyle made. I'll give Kyle some love. And this is this is no uh, great secret, but I mean. You, you see just a little bit of success that we've had winning six out of seven ball games and uh, having an exciting win over a team like SMU, how um, Pirate Nation really responded. And we had close, I guess, right at eight, 900 more there last night than what we had had for that Liberty ball game, which was our top attended game of the year. And, and we had nearly 1,500 more uh, close to that compared to what we did for SMU. No doubt, and, and uh, hey, uh, translates to football. Um, people are so worried about the program, and Houston's going to get it done on the football side of things. You see how the place is packed for baseball. It's rocking. I mean, you and I were talking uh, yesterday, but the the daggone uh, jungle, love those guys, love the men and women in the jungle. When you look at the stands, even the people like me, the boring people like me, um, and uh, all the people that have the season tickets and, uh, well, any game tickets anyway, when you see that purple and gold, those, that place is a rocket atmosphere. And I, we've had so many national people that have told us, it, you know, for Clark LeClaire that it's a SEC kind of environment. That's a huge compliment to anybody that knows anything about college baseball. The SEC is king. And uh, a great, a lot of great uh, teams like Mississippi State for an LSU, different ones. They have a tremendous environment. So, 
looking forward to having that. It'll translate just so, uh, just win, baby, like Al Davis used to say, and uh, that'll take care of the financial problems and and uh, I guess the pride and a lot of the people hurt and all the different divisions we've had in the recent past uh, will certainly wash away. Bubba, do you want to probo our upcoming episode, episode number 266? Very proud of that, of how we're uh, folks were approaching our two-year mark. Our two-year anniversary is March the 1st, was our very first episode uh, from 2018. And Bubba, uh, for episode 266, you've outdone yourself. Yeah, that's uh, so what we'll um, have Cy Seymour, longtime color analyst, and Chad Brindle from the Bearcat Journal, and also um, Pirate letter winner um, Morris Grooms played for Joe Dooley in his first two years as a head coach at East Carolina and back when he was the youngest head coach in the nation and like 28 or 29 years old. So we'll enjoy catching up with those guys and talking East Carolina basketball and then um, get the Bearcat perspective on Sunday evening's ball game. Um, so I'll also like to plug some of our upcoming baseball content. Um, from January 22nd to February 13th, we'll um, talk to 23 East Carolina letter winners. Um, we'll talk to the likes uh, recent guys like Turner Brown, Jake Agnos, um, Bryant Packard, and others. And then we'll um, talk to guys that played for Coach O or maybe even before Coach O was got in the program. Uh, so many Great options on guys like Davey Penny, Pat Watkins, and um, oh, yeah. ones we've had on the program in the past, and then even some new ones as well. And then we'll, we'll also uh, catch up with Corey Glore, as we always do. Um, looking forward to another year of extra innings uh, as oh, we yeah. wrap, up, wrap up the the week that was in Pirate Baseball. Um, we'll also talk to Gary Overton, try to get him back on the show um, more on a on a regional or national scale. We'll talk to my uh, Mike Rooney, excuse me, of the perfect game. Um, he'll be joining us in early February, and then um, we'll be catching up with some other national analysts as well as some um, some coaches from around the state of North Carolina. We'll have several of those guys on. Last year we had Mike Fox from North Carolina, Chris Pollard from Duke, um, also Kermit Smith, who's doing an excellent job up at App State. Uh, the first-year head coach of UNC Wilmington, uh, Randy Hood, uh, replacing uh, – the long-time head coach of the Seahawks, Mark Scaff, will probably have Coach Hood on the program and uh, yep. several others as well, such as uh, Justin Hare, uh, our um, buddy from down at Campbell. Yeah, we're very excited. That, I'll tell you one thing. The college baseball coaches really know what they're doing, and uh, hopefully we can get things right as far as the number of um, scholarships and uh, the number of coaches allowed to be paid. Uh, the volunteer coaches, that, that's so ridiculous, and I'm hoping that we can um, – we do have a platform, and w- when we can be fair, we'll be fair. But when there's some things like that that are outrageous, uh, hopefully the NCAA will be as critical as we want to be with the NCAA because that's a really uh, crazy, crazy thing. And hopefully uh, if you have the option to pay a third coach, uh, fourth, fourth coach I guess it is, um, then you should, and, uh, you know – that's that is what it is. But Bubba, thank you, man, for your, all your hard work. I said a lot. Uh, Kyle from Lagrange is working right now, and uh, you you and I are off of work. So, Kyle, you keep working hard and help us help pay the bills. <laughs> and uh, into the meantime, until uh, we meet you again this weekend, you've been listening to the overtime right here on the Sports Objective Podcast. <laughs> Thank you.
You've been listening to Overtime on the Sports Objective Podcast. Join us next time as we talk East Carolina Pirate Basketball. Remember, you can listen to our show pretty much anywhere podcasts are found, such as Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, SoundCloud, Audioboom, iHeartRadio, and many more. We appreciate you listening to the Sports Objective Podcast. Go Pirates!